Can we give God a high praise today? Let's clap our hands, all you people. Let's do what Psalm 47 says and shout unto God with a joy of triumph. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. I need some people to rejoice in here (laughs) and be glad in him. He's a great God. And we came to pray and continue to magnify the name of Jesus. And we want to usher in the prayers of God's presence as we exalt him, as we thank him on this Palm Sunday. It's a blessing to be alive and it's a blessing to be in the land of the living, serving the one and true and only God, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone who's watching, we love our, 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 our online viewers from near and far. Come on, let's put our hands together for them. And if by chance, if you have any prayer request this time, you can come and put it in the comments, Facebook. Uh, you can also watch us on YouTube. Also, any other platforms that we are on, which we are on our church app. That's MyCC. Our church app. Please continue to follow us. We're going to pray. And those who have specific needs, you can raise your hand where you're sitting. And we're going to pray and then touch and agree. If you can stretch forth your hands towards even afar uh, where we are and, and, and believe God for what he's got to do. If you can lift your hands and we're going to pray today's service. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for what you have done and what you started. We believe that, God, you're going to do a miracle in this house on this Palm Sunday. Father, we are anticipating as we go into Easter week, as we go into a week of celebration, that the the King of kings and the Lord of lords is alive and well. He's alive in our hearts. We pray, Lord God, that he being risen can save and can heal anyone who has been bound, who has been depressed, who has been oppressed. Touch them right now. Even our online viewers, I pray that you bless them in Jesus' name. Touch them. Have your way. Every need be met. Every way be made. Bless the word of God. We pray and usher a worship in here that you can be healed in the very worship. We pray an anointing on our praise team to bless the people of God that they may be healed, that they may be delivered and set free. Come on, put your hands together. Let's sing unto the Lord. Let's rejoice in the God of our salvation for he is Lord. God bless you in Jesus' name. Oh, 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hosanna. 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 Be lifted up, Jesus. We lift you up on this Palm Sunday, Jesus. We lift you up this morning, Jesus. Be lifted up. Somebody lift up the name of Jesus this morning. Somebody lift up the name of Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Be glorified, Jesus. Be magnified, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. continue to praise him this morning? Can we continue to lift him up this morning? Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord is my pillar 
and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, he is my shield, and the horn of my salvation, he is my shield, and the horn of my salvation, he is my shield. And the horn of my salvation, he's my high tower. He's my high tower. I will call on the name of the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. I will call on the name of the Lord, who is worthy to be I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? I will call, I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy? Who is worthy to be praised? I will call, I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? Who is worthy to be praised? I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? Who is worthy to be praised? I will call. I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? Who is worthy to be praised? I will call. I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? Who is worthy to be praised? I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? Who is worthy to be praised? I will call on the name. I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy?
uh, 9 a.m. service. So I told Brother Henry just to be on spot, you know, so um, I know it was going to be a little tight for me to get it back home. But, you know, we're, we're, we're doing something in the hour that we're living in. And for those of us that were in the 9 a.m. service, see the way things were packed out and what's going on in the service. We have issues with the parking in the, on the outside, and we have issue with the seating. You know, we are in a reach campaign. But, you know, as I said earlier in the 9 a.m. service, and I'm going to repeat it in the service this morning, that we, we have a, 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 a spiritual and a physical problem. Let, let, let me break it up a little bit. Uh, in the spiritual, the Bible let us to know that it's going to prepare a place for us. That where he is, we may be also. We're currently in a, that's in the spiritual. We're currently in a physical problem. We're in the process of trying to get $1.7 million for our church building just to accommodate what the Lord is opening up and doing for us. We, we need at least $500,000 to pay down on the building, which we can get the news at any day now. You know, we want to be ready that once we get the green light, we can go to the table, we can sign on the documents, we can get ready to move therein. We have work to do on the inside. We have to get it furnished, so we have to make sure we can be at pledge. Or if you still haven't decided to make a pledge. We're encouraging you. You're investing in something that at the end of the day, you will see the reward. Your, your parents will be getting baptized in there. Amen. You will be getting baptized in there. You will be getting married in that building there. Amen. So we have a lot of things going on in store. So make your investment sure. Your investment is going to somewhere where you're going to say, man, this is worthwhile investing in. You know, there are times we choose to invest in other things, but invest in the things of God. Amen. So we're asking for those that have not yet make a pledge, if you want to be a part of the miracle, join us, be a part of the miracle. Amen. For those of you that already uh, pay towards your pledge, we thank you. For those of you that have not yet contributed towards your pledge, we need your pledge. So make a donation if you can. Contribute, support the cause. Amen. Amen. Everyone said it's offering time. Come on, it's offering time. Amen. We're going to invite you to stand at this time if you can. Remember, if you're giving online, amen, you can go to www.myccc.faith. You can go to Cash App, which is a dollar sign, CCC2711. Or you can go to PayPal, at sign Christ Center Church. Amen. Those are the way if, you want to, if you're here in the house of God and you want to give electronically, you can see Sister Patrice. Amen. We have two ushers in the front. Feel free to bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord and be a blessing. Amen. Bow your heads with us as we pray one more time. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, for your presence that is in this place this morning, O God. As we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask your blessing, O God. Upon every givers, those who have to give, those who have not likewise, make a way that they too can be a part of your blessing, O God. We give you glory, we give you honor. worship you because you're great and you're greatly to be praised. We ask you, Lord God, to bless the remaining portion of the service as we commit it into your hand. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blood will never lose its power. Amen. I can listen to that all day, every day. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. My God, what a God we serve. Amen. Greetings in the wonderful and precious name of Jesus. I welcome you to our morning worship service. Amen. Glad you could be with us, whether you're here in person or you have joined us via online. We are just so glad that you can be a part of our service today. We had a wonderful service this morning. It got so bad. I just we I ended by saying, do whatever you want to do. You want to leave, you can leave. You want to stay, you want to stay. You want to go get beef patty, go get beef patty. Because I'm just like, what are we going to do? Just, just, you all figure out how it works, because I don't know how to figure it out anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I guess everybody decided they wanted to come out at 9 a.m. this morning. What was going on? Something going on today? Everybody came out at 9 a.m. this morning, and man, oh, man, did we have a packed house. We thank God for that. Obviously, God is doing some great things, and so... We are just going to do what we are called to do and just trust God to do what he does. Amen. Last night I was watching uh, Ten Commandments with Charleston Heston. That's the best one. Don't watch all the other ones. Just uh, watch the one Charleston Heston. That's my guy right there. I, I love the, I love that Moses. Moses. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was uh, Nefertiri. Nefertiri wouldn't leave Moses alone. Hallelujah. Well, well, we're going to get into the word of the Lord. We'll see what God has. But I did want to point this out. I've got to make sure. We have um, uh, really nice postcards that we hand out or we leave as um, a token whenever we visit someone's home, knock on their door, talk to them about the Lord. Um, we normally leave one of these guest cards so they know who we are and that they will have something to remind them of us and so this is the postcard that we leave really nice and um, we didn't put our address on here we just kind of put um, information that will be static and will never change so make sure if you can get a couple of these get them and carry them with you because it's not only when the uh, outreach team go out do they get utilized but they get utilized anytime you meet someone that you want to remind them and tell them about the church. Also, we have business cards. These are really neat. You can put these in your wallet. And so, um, same thing. If you want to invite someone to church, you want to tell someone about um, our church, you can give them one of these. On the card, it says, Be Our Guest. Be Our Guest. And it's, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. I love it. Well designed. And um, it's designed by our very own Shauna Scarlett. She is awesome and great at what she does. And I am just so glad that she is a part of our church. Amen. That God has blessed us with Shauna and soon to be Shauna's son. Ethan is securing his spot. He didn't look at me like, what's that? He was just going about his business like, no big deal. <laughs> Shauna's son. Shauna, you get ready to have a son, you know. So we met Shauna. Shauna didn't have no son. <laughs> now Shauna get ready to have a son. Amen. We're just so glad that Shauna and her son will be a part of Christ Center Church. 
pray for me. Looking forward to baby Jay. Come on, baby Jay. Amen. Oh, Sean, I, I told Edith to tell you you can't eat any hot peppers this week or next week. You can eat it after the 23rd, 22nd. You can eat hot peppers after then, but not before then. Don't eat any spicy food before then. We want baby Jay to come on his schedule, not before his schedule. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, let's get into the word of the Lord. If you will stand with me, we're going to go to Exodus, ex, Exodus chapter 12, verse number one. I know we're challenged with the parking, as I told them this morning. Um, just be patient. Don't let it get you too all worked up. Um, our parking is fine. We'll do whatever we can to um, to um, figure out a way to park. But if you can't find any parking, you can use the empty bank um, across here. So you have the Santander Bank, and then you have the other bank here. You can use that parking lot. It's empty until further notice if you just can't find anywhere. So please do. Amen. Also, this morning we had two people that um, wanted to get baptized. We just got to get the date sunk up with them. Get our dates connected and we will get them baptized. I believe God spoke to many people's heart today like I believe he will in this service as well, whether you're here or whether you are online, because I just feel like this is a word from the Lord and he wants us to clearly receive what he has in store for us. So if you will turn with me to Exodus chapter 12, verse number one, that will be outstanding. We're going to read and I will begin in Exodus chapter 12, verse number one. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two posts and on the upper post of the houses wherein they shall eat it jump down to exodus uh, chapter 12 verse number 12 now for i will pass through the land of egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of egypt both man and beast and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I, I am the Lord. Verse 13, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you. I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And ye shall it a feast of the Lord throughout generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. There were a few things that we read that I wanted to 
um, look at or bring to your attention that um, you will notice uh, um, in the in the scripture here that we read told them was to um, <laughs> it told them that the lamb should be without blemish a male of first year you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats that's very important there to pay attention to and you'll see how significant that will be later on um, also in verse number two it says this month shall be unto you the beginning of months it shall be the first month of the year to you now this is big verse three where it says speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel now you will see how important that is because you will realize he says speak ye to the congregation of Israel now they all didn't live in the same place as far as one house is concerned there were multiple homes of people that believed in the one true and living God and so just like back then he told Moses to tell the people to uh, speak to the congregation which he is saying all my people and so today you see the similitude of the church is one but many locations so back then just like Israel was one nation but lived in different area they all didn't live in the same home it's the same today with the church it's only one church but we have multiple locations and so when God is doing something in his church it's not just in one location it's in his church and so all his church is affected by whatever he's doing so those are things that when you read through this text you see things that are significant you see that when he told them was to choose out the lamb from among the flock. He told them, choose it out on the 10th day of the month. Okay? So they chose it for 10 days, and for four days they allow it to, um, they examine it, make sure it's okay. And then on the 14th day, that's when they killed it. So these are things that are significant when you're realizing uh, what God did. This text that we've read today is known as the Passover text. So when you start reading all through it, it tells you what Passover represent. And don't dismiss when you hear Passover as a people, as the church, you think Passover is for the Jews from back in the day. Well, today, if you want to be frank, uh, the day Christ was killed could be considered Passover. Uh-huh. The day Christ was killed when he shed his blood can be considered Passover for the church today because the same thing transpired. It was the blood of Jesus that cleansed sin for us. Back then, it was the blood of the Lamb that made Passover and not destroy those that did not have the blood applied. So, Pat, we might not be literally celebrating Passover like when the Lamb's blood was applied. But when we are talking about this holy week that's coming up, uh, today is known as um, Palm Sunday and this rest of this week leading up to uh, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and his resurrection, we understand that it, it's the same thing with the lamb. It all kind of went the same way. You know, pick out the lamb and the time that went by before the lamb was killed and all of that stuff. You will see the similitude or the similarities of what transpired so you understand 
what we're dealing with this week and the importance of this week in remembrance as a memorial. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for opening up our hearts and our understanding. Now, Lord, we pray that you will give us clarity in the word of God, that we may not just be hearers of the word, but we may become doers as well. Speak, O Lord, to our heart. Anoint me as your instrument, oracle, to speak, Lord God, and rightly divide the word of truth. I pray your word will go forth, O God, and that it will accomplish what you want for it to accomplish. That we will leave today, Lord God, changed, different, O God, with a touch from you. I pray that you have your way in our service as we look to you and give you praise. We ask you these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you on this topic today. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. Passover marked a new beginning for the Jews and bound them together as a nation. Again, I hope as I speak to you this morning, you will begin to vacillate back and forth when with what I'm telling you about what transpired way back then with Passover and think about what you know about the crucifixion and the resurrection. Okay? When the Lord liberates you from bondage, it is the dawning of a new day and new beginning for a new life. I'll say that again. When the Lord liberates you from bondage, it's the dawning of a new day and new beginning of a new life. This is why the Jews felt like what transpired at Passover, this is why God told them this is the new beginning for you because they were being liberated from bondage. Mm -hmm. Whenever you meet the word redeem or redemption in the New Testament, it, it speaks of freedom from slavery and sin. Amen. The children of Israel was in bondage for many years by the Egyptians and were forced to sin against their God. The Lord, God Almighty, he is merciful and will execute justice and judgment whenever his people are being taken advantage of or being mistreated or being ruled by those with the upper hand. I'm here to tell you this morning, it's important for us to understand that God will will execute judgment and justice when you are being mistreated, when you are being taken advantage of. God will execute judgment and justice. You don't have to fight your own battle. You don't have to, you know, tell people that you know you're right. You don't have to fight for your right as a Christian. God will take vengeance on your behalf because vengeance is the Lord. The Lord is the one that pays back people when they do you wrong, not you. It's not for us to decide that we have to fight our own battle. Jesus will fight your battle. Somebody say amen. That's, that's what he says. He says, I will fight your battle. Uh-huh. And so the Lord will intervene in these kinds of situations and bring justice and judgment he did it back then for the Israelites, and he is doing it for his people today. God will bring judgment and justice on your behalf 
whenever you're being mistreated or taken advantage of. It is not God's will that anyone should suppress you. It is not God's will that anybody should take advantage of you. It is not God's will that, that, that you are not able to serve the Lord and do what is right and pleasing before him. It is not God's will that anybody keeps control of your life, that sin will continue to rule over you. It is not God's will. And so God will deliver you. God will come about and God will execute judgment and justice on your behalf if you're in that kind of situation. Just as the Israelites were kept in bondage and forced to sin today, those who are in the world and unsaved, they're in the same predicament. If you are living in the world and you are unsaved, you are in the same predicament as the children of Israel were while they were in Egypt. What do you mean by that, preacher? Because they were meant to, they were made to serve the, the, the Pharaoh and, and serve the Egyptians. And they didn't do it of their own free will. They did it under duress. They did it under bondage. They did it because they could not do any better because the children of Egypt or the Egyptians ruled, the, ruled over the children of Israel with rigor, the Bible says. So they were, they didn't have a choice. And guess what? In Egypt, they worship, they worship idols. In Egypt, uh, uh, some of the things that, that, the, that the Israelites would have to do as, as their religious uh, way of being, the Egyptian would not allow them to do it. So they could not serve their God freely. The Israelites couldn't. So today, if you are not living for God, if you're in the world, you might think it's your choice. But really and truly, Satan has people controlled and trapped under bondage, and they have no power of getting from under the controls of Satan. You might think, that you can stop partying and start living right whenever you want. You might think that you can stop drinking and, and hanging out and doing whatever you want whenever you want, but you can't. Because I'm here to tell you the power of sin is controlled by Satan. And he is not trying to give you, uh, he's not trying to release you, or he's not trying to let you live for God. His, his job is to keep you under pressure and under bondage, to keep sinning, so one day you'll end up like him, which is to be away from God for all eternity in the lake of fire. That's his job. That's what he's trying to do to be sure you stay under oppression all the days of your life. And then he's going to do it to the point that after a while you're going to start liking it because you're going to think that's the norm. How can you say that, preacher? How many people today smoking cigarettes and they know it gives them cancer and they keep smoking it? How many people drink alcohol and sometimes they said, I don't, I, I'm not going to drink today, but they keep drinking. How many people are living a, a lifestyle where they're, 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 they're living with someone that they're not married to and they're saying, you know, I know it's not right and I got to get it right, but they don't get it right. Why do you think that is? 
because we won't fess up and realize that the power of sin and Satan oppressing us with sin is real and we don't have the power to get out of it. We can only get out of it by the power of Almighty God. It's not until God come to rescue us can we ever get from under sin. You can't get from under sin by your own doing. How many times you have made the decision to say, I'm going to live right. I'm going to do right. And what happened a week or two later, you went right back into it. Not even a week or two, a couple days later. So I'm here to tell you this morning, God wants you to know what you think you can do whenever you're ready to do it. You cannot. It's the goodness of God. It's the grace of God. It's the mercy of God that will come to you so you're able to get from underneath the the, and and what the devil is doing in your life. Uh huh. Satan is holding people hostage and captives and forcing them to sin, live a lifestyle of recklessness. They have no way out of their own, uh, they have no way out of the situation that they're in because without the Lord, no one can overcome Satan. Now that's, that's that's fact, Ethan. Without Jesus, nobody can overcome Satan. He's been around longer than you. You're letting people that ain't even been around a long time control your life. What do you think? So you cannot, you cannot overcome Satan on your own. Here is something I need to tell you. Lord, put this in my spirit this morning. Some of us, the devil has punked. The devil has punked some of us. What do you mean by that, preacher? I never thought I would hear that kind of talk in church. Here is what I'm saying to you. The devil wants you to be suppressed and under bondage and living in sin continuously. And every time you decide, man, God had touched me. Man, God spoke to me through the word this morning. Man, I felt the spirit of God. You know what? And you make up in your mind, you know, whatever wrong thing you were engaged in and you make up in your mind, I'm leaving that service. I'm going to go do right. And when you put in your heart to go do right, guess what? The devil shows up and he do everything he can to make sure you never do right. And as a matter of fact, sometimes he let things happen to you to make you start second guessing. Should I even go to church? Because every time I try to start doing right, something always go wrong. And so now you have to now negotiate in your mind, how do I live for God and, and, and be confident that I'm going to be fine? Because every time I try to live for God and do right, here comes something wrong. And so now you equate living for God with all, not necessarily all good. Because every time I do something good, here comes something bad happening. You know why something bad always happens? You don't realize that the devil is the one doing that to you. And you need to say, devil, I don't care what I got to go through. I don't care what I have to suffer. I don't care what it comes down to. I'm still going to continue to live for God because I'm not going to allow you to pump me to make me be scared. There are people that are scared to live for God because they're afraid of the consequences of the devil. You better hear that. You better hear what I'm saying. 
There are people that's not fully ingratiating themselves and giving their whole self to the Lord because they're afraid of all the disappointment and all the evil and all the challenges that the devil will bring their way. So you try to you try to do it the best way you can. Here's how you do it. I'll come to church whenever I can. And then I will I will I will I will do whatever I can, because in your mind, you have realized oh, here, here. Here comes the Holy realized. That when you don't do, my God, Holy Ghost, help me this morning. You have realized that when you don't put a whole lot of effort and a whole lot of yourself in living for God, you don't get messed with. You have realized that. You have realized that about when you don't go to church as much, you don't get messed with. So you equate that to good life. The devil don't mess with nobody. That ain't trying to do something for God. So, 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 so when you realize that, guess what? By not going to church as much, by not praying as much, by not reading my Bible as much, by not living holy and righteous as much, guess what? I'm, I, I'm good. Everything is good. I don't get messed with. A lot, not too many bad things because God loves you. The devil don't love you. The devil hates you. And so the devil do things to mess up your life and the devil do things to intimidate you. God is only dealing in love. So God is not going to do something. You better or else I'll do this. God don't work like that. So so if you don't want to live for God, God don't twist your arm and say, you better live for me. But if you don't live for the devil, he's going to twist your arm and influence and coerce you to live for him. And so most of us have decided, you know what, it's easier to just not do a whole lot because my life is so much easier. But here is what I need to tell you about that. That means you're not living for God. Because the devil messed with everybody who lives for God. If you're living for God, the devil will mess with you and you can't get around that. What you have to realize is like what some of us have realized that when you live for God, you have power and you have power to tread upon serpents. You have power to say, devil, you are a liar and the truth is not in you. You have power to say, Satan, the Lord Jesus rebuke you. You have power to command devils to leave your house. You have power if you really live for God. But you got to put the work in. That's what they like to say, right? You got to put the work in and not let the devil punk you and not let the devil keep telling you life is so much easier. Life is so much more better if you just don't be so faithful and committed to God. <laughs> when the children of Israel was in Egypt, if all they did was obey the the, 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 the the slave masters, they had no problems. But the minute they start pushing back, oh, they got problems. I remember one time, the word started going around the camp that they have identified the deliverer. And they went and told Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said, now they're going to have to make water with no straws. Every time they try to act like they was trying to go somewhere, Pharaoh turned up the heat on them. God is showing us how the devil work. Pharaoh wasn't the devil, but Pharaoh 
acted like the devil does. So God was showing us what the devil will do. That every time you look to God, the devil turns the heat up on you. Every time you try to live for God, the devil turns the heat up on you. But you got to realize that God is, what I said last week, omnipotent. He's all-powerful, which means if you just live for God and trust God, it don't matter what the devil trying to do to you, he cannot stop you. But you got to believe that yourself. For the Israelites who were in bondage by the Egyptian, the time had come for their God to execute justice and judgment and deliver them from their situation of bondage and sin. Church, listen to me. Sometimes when you get mistreated, sometimes when you're done wrong, you want God to speedily do something about it. But as I mentioned this morning, the person that's doing you wrong God loves them too. I need to probably take a drink on that. Because we, 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 we can't go down that road. The person that's mistreating you, the person that's doing you wrong, the person that is trying to take advantage of you, God loves them too. And God wants to save them too. So while they're doing you wrong, God is trying to give them an opportunity so he can reach them. So never just think, how can God be God? How can God say he loves me and he's letting this happen to me? He's allowing it because you're supposed to be a child of God. And if you're a child of God, you're supposed to trust that when God is good and ready, he will rescue you. So you're supposed to be operating that way. And then he's giving the other person opportunity Why did God send plagues to Egypt? Why do you think? God, the Bible says God hardened their heart and then he started sending plagues. He just wanted them to know who he was. He was revealed. So as much as Pharaoh was just a devil incarnate, as much as he was ruling with the iron fist, God still wanted to reveal himself to Pharaoh. We can't see that. As evil, as evil acts as President Putin has launched against Ukraine, God wants to save them. Boy, that's hard for us to swallow. Nobody ain't going to say that in public, huh? I'm going to die by this book, church. If this is what I'm living by, this is what I'm going to die by. And as much as I don't like the act of Putin, and, and, and it's just, there's not words to describe how low down and how wrong and how evil it is. But in the midst of that, God wants to save Putin. But we can't find it within ourselves to see that. In our mind, please, all them lives he took, how in the world? I'm just telling you how God operates. The Bible says it's, it's, it's because of his mercy that we're not consumed. So as much as we think people that does evil need to be dealt with right away, we got to leave that to God. 
because God wants to give them a chance to be saved. Now, if they reject the opportunity to be saved, now that's on them. But God has to give them. This is why the Bible says he's a just God. Did you understand that? The Bible calls him a just God. You know what that means? Because he does right all the time. And he's always going to give us an opportunity to be saved, to do right, to live right. But it's up to us whether or not we do it. Mm -hmm. The Lord told their leader, Moses, to tell them to choose a lamb out of their flock and examine him to be sure he meets divine requirements. The lamb must be without blemish, a male of the first year. He shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Four days after the selection of the lamb, the Israelites shall kill the lamb in the evening and its blood must be applied to the lentil and the side posts of the doors of the houses in which the Jewish family lived. It wasn't the life of the lamb that saved the people from judgment and death, but it was the blood of the lamb that saved the shedding of blood. There is no remissions. That's what Hebrews 9 and 22 tells us. And so in Exodus, that read earlier in chapter 12, Verse number 12, where it talks about the Lord says, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. He didn't say when. He said night. Now, I know the the movie said midnight, but it didn't say anything in the Bible about midnight. It says, I will pass through Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And I'll be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Key word. When I see. There's always an identifier. God always gives an identifier so he can identify his people. So he can identify his church. Look what he says. He says, when I see, not when you see, God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over. So my question that I asked this morning and I'm asking today. What is God seeing in your life to pass over you so you won't experience death? You can't make it up. It has to be what God says. It has to be what God requires. So the question is, what does God see when he looks at you to pass over your life? And so you don't die in your sin. It can't be what you think, church. It has to be what God requires. Just like the Israelites were saved from judgment and death by the blood of the Lamb, today we can be saved by the blood of the Lamb as well. Only this time, the Lamb is Almighty God Himself. What does it say in John chapter 1 verse 29? The Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 29, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold! 
the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So way back in the time where the Israelites was in bondage in Egypt, blood was shed by them killing the lamb that was not blemish, that didn't have any spot, and the blood was applied to the two doorposts and the lintel, the top. And that was the marker that made God know these are my people. Now, does God know who his people is? Just know? Sure he does, because he's all-knowing. But he still does things a certain way. And God always has principles that he governs and leads by and, 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 and call things to order by. And he decided the way how he's going to let people know that his people would be kept was by the blood being applied to their doorposts, their lintel. And so now when the death angel passed through, guess what? They passed over those that had the identifier that they belong to God. What is your identifier that you belong to God today? What is your identifier? How can you say, I know I belong to God, and when all this stuff comes to try to destroy me, they can't destroy me because I belong to God, because I have the identifier applied to my life? We all got to ask ourselves that question. Now, listen to this. This is important. This is a good one. You can have the identifier and still miss out. You can have the identifier and still miss out. What do you mean by that, preacher? Because the blood had to be applied to the house. But the death angel was going to pass through at night. We don't know what time. Night. Now, we know nighttime was after 6 o'clock p.m. That's, what they, that's when night starts for them, after 6 o'clock p.m. So we know any time after 6 o'clock p.m. and before midnight was going to be the death angel flowing through there. So between 6 p.m. and midnight, but we don't know exactly. If you were in the house where the blood was applied, you would be saved. If you're in the house where the blood was applied, but you decide, I need to go outside and do something real quick. So there are people that can have the identifier, the name applied to their life, and still miss out on eternity because they didn't follow all the instructions properly. This is too hard for y'all, huh? Y'all saying, man, that's serious right there. I'm trying to point out to you that God always does things a certain way. He doesn't change. And so today, today we have made, we, we want salvation to be so easy. We want salvation to be so easy today that we are trying to come up with things that make us feel good and not go back to what God had said originally. What did God say? Not what we think God should do because times have changed. Can you imagine? We might as well just say it. God, time has changed. You need to loosen up on your stuff. You might as well say it. Because that's how a lot of Christians are behaving today. That God, you don't see the time has changed? Time has changed, God. You need to change up some of those things that you've been saying we need to do. Uh Uh-huh. 
Uh, that's how you're acting. Some, some of you, that's how you're acting. Because, because you want me to get a good one? I don't like to say these things on Sunday mornings because I don't want y'all getting all frightened and run away. But how you dress, you like to say, oh, they don't make that kind of clothing no more. They don't do that anymore. They don't. We make up all these excuses. And then on top of it, you know, you know, we like to say, oh, it's so much more convenient. Why do I have to go through all of that just to run outside and go to the store? Why do I? I know I know some of you appreciate it and some of you are saying, get off of that preacher. But all I'm trying to point out to you is we're trying to make, we are trying to make our salvation how we think it should be. And all I know is I go back to reading the scripture and he says, blood. Well, let me start before that. He says, go get you a lamb without blemish. Then after that, four days. This is These are all you know, specific, four days, wait, observe, make sure it's good, cool, kill it, on that fourth day, blood, uh-uh-uh, get the blood, boom, boom, on top, then, he says, roast that lamb, don't break the bone, don't cut it up and boil it, don't fry it, because you know y'all like to fry, some of y'all like to fry, he didn't say fry it, right, he just said, roast that bad boy. Open fire. Woo, spin him over, roast him. Right? He said, don't break no bones. And then you get the meat with some bitter herbs, eat it up. Whatever you don't finish, burn it up. Don't leave nothing. Burn it up. Stay in the house. Don't come out of the house until morning. That's what they were instructed to do. Isn't that specific? So tell me today now, how do we come up with all these different ways of how we need to be saved? Tell me how we're going to justify how we need to live for God today. Because that's what we're doing. And I'm looking and the Bible says God changed not. And he gave them some specific things. Now here in this church, Passover continued and is still going on till today. So while we don't call it Passover, we call it I don't know. Y'all call it Good Friday. He didn't even get crucified on Friday. Don't even want to mess with me. He didn't get crucified on Friday. You want me to show y'all something? I was going to teach some of this on Thursday. Let me show you something. Good to see y'all. So let me show you something. He told him, get a lamb. On the 10th, which would be considered the first day. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then he killed it Thursday. So it was prepared. Prepared, prepared, prepared. Making sure it didn't get into nothing. Boom. Then on the fourth day. Or what makes it the fourth day? It got killed. Remember, there's only seven days in a week. So it had to be killed that same time on that fourth day. Right? And so when it's killed, we know now Jesus, three days, three nights, 
He was prepared for four days. He was killed. Three days, three nights, rose. Seven days. This is crazy if you stop and understand what plan God had way back then that he knew he was going to execute now. And so God, he was telling them to use an animal to do that. But he was going to come in the flesh one day to do it for us. And so this is why, you ready for this? This is so good. This is why we wonder when they, uh, when they was judging him. They was, they was, they was taking him through the trial. All of that stuff. Preparation. Just like the four days of preparation for that lamb to make sure there was no flaw, there was no spot or nothing on the lamb. Because that's what that four days was for, to make sure nothing was messed up on the lamb. Nothing. Everything was good with the lamb. Right. Because when you select it out, you want to make sure by the time it, you know, the, the, the time is up and it's ready to kill it. You don't want it to get all messed up. So you pick it out and set it by its, to keep it. So all the trial that Jesus went through, preparation of the lamb. And so when they was trying to get him to say things, when they was trying to get him to, to, to come against them and say, don't you know who I am? He never said one word because he knew I was the sinless, unblemished, unspotted lamb of God. And if I say anything, it's going to blemish me. If I say anything, it's going to now not let me be perfect. So I'm not going to say one word. And so I mentioned this morning, when you get pulled over by the cops, you can tell them you, you know your rights. Or you can say, good evening, whatever you want, officer. Yes, whatever you want. Because you know God fights your battle. But if you want to sit there and fuss with the officers and tell them how much you know your rights and what is their badge number and blah, 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 and you got an attorney, you can go ahead and do it. I'm going to try to be like Jesus. And when they pull me over, whether they want to accuse me of doing something wrong or right, if Jesus let the entire trial go through court, then guess what? I'm sure he's going to exonerate me. He's up to something and he's going to do something because I'm a child of God. I get pulled over by the cops. I don't have to tell them who I am. I don't have to tell them they better treat me right. I don't have to tell them nothing. Do you have your body cam on and all of this stuff? I don't have to do none of that. Jesus was the word. Jesus was the law. Jesus was the creator of everything and everyone. Jesus was almighty God manifest in flesh. And he could have told him, I'm the king of glory. He could have said whatever he wanted. And he said not one word. Don't come telling me, oh, they were wrong. And that's why I had to defend myself. Are you a Christian or you're not a Christian? just want to ask the question. So when you come and tell me about what you had to do, all I'm going to ask you is, are you a Christian or not a Christian? Jesus didn't say one mumbling word. And he, more than anybody else, had the right to say a whole lot. I don't have to fight with you. I don't have to say one word to you. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Jesus was a male without blemish and sin. During the days preceding Passover, our Lord's enemies questioned him repeatedly, waiting for him to say something they could attack. During his various trials and interrogation, Jesus was repeatedly questioned and he passed every test. 
Jesus knew no sin, did no sin, and in him was no sin. He was the perfect lamb of God. Thursday, I probably will share with you how the, the Jews count their days and nights, and so you see how it really worked out um, correctly. Um, so you know that whole process. The Lord is just great, great in how precise. If people think that, you know, how we like to say, oh, you know, man wrote the Bible and we get into all of this stuff that we don't even understand. You think man could be as accurate as the Bible is about all of these events? Especially when you start looking at a timeline. That this happened way back then and now we're here. How do they, people that never met one another, people that don't know one another are able to confirm what scripture says without meeting one another. If you don't believe God is almighty God and that he is the one that gave us his word, you need to look again. He shed his blood for our sins that we can be delivered from the bondage of Satan. In the case of Israel, it was the blood of the Paschal Lamb. In our case, it is the blood of the Lamb of God which taken away the sin of the world. Jesus, like the Lamb, was not only a divinely appointed, but he was spotless. He had no sin. He would not have been capable of being our Savior except that he was spotless, sinless. So that's why nobody could have been chosen to be the Savior of the world. In order for anyone to have been the Savior of the world, they would have to be sinless. The Bible says all have sinned. So hear me now, church. We know that Jesus Christ is God Almighty manifest in flesh because the only one that was qualified and capable that was sinless was God. But if you go back in time, the Bible says God is a spirit. So how can spirit have blood? How can spirit have flesh? How can spirit die? It can't. So in order for the only one who was sinless to die for us and shed his blood for us, the only way he could have done that was to become human. So almighty God became human. And when he became human, he laid down his life. He was crucified. He shed his blood so it can be applied to our sins and we wouldn't have to live in sin anymore. Nobody else was qualified to do it because we all have sinned. And from the time God created man till today, all have sinned. There's not one man that walked this earth, not one woman that walked this earth that did not sin. The only one that walked this earth that never sinned was the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who was Almighty God manifest in flesh. That's why he was the only one qualified to save us. The blood of Jesus, which we speak today, is blood one shed for many for the remission of sins. The Paschal Lamb was killed every year, but now Christ had appeared to take away sin by the offering up of himself, and there is now no more mention of sin. For Christ, once for all, had put away sin by the offering of himself. He is the complete Savior, full of grace for an empty sinner. 
Sin has been dealt with and taken care of by Jesus Christ. Salvation is free because Jesus paid the price for all that want to be saved. Now, salvation is free, but it is conditional. Salvation is free, but it is conditional. Remember what I told you earlier. The children of Israel, if they didn't follow all the instructions that Moses gave them, so the death angel will pass over every house that had the blood applied. If they didn't follow those instructions, they wouldn't have been saved. They would have died like all the other ones that died. So salvation is free, but it's conditional from the standpoint of you must obey. Yes, it's free, but you must obey the instructions. Uh-huh. You know, always mess with us and say, we're going to be so in trouble when we stand before God. Because, Sister Crystal, I'm not stop stepping on anybody's toe in here, and some of you might have, might have done it before, so I'm not giving you a hard time. But if the Powerball get up to 450 million if the powerball get up to 600 million let me let me be good to you and say this if people in the office start collecting money you slip your dollar in there you don't outright just go and and buy it you're good people you don't just go outright and go buy the powerball ticket when they start saying around the office we collected for powerball Ain't no way that office going to win that 500 million Powerball and I get no money out of that. So you slip your dollar in. And so they go buy the Powerball ticket. And if they win, guess what? You were getting something. Now, you have to be in it to win it. Because you always hear them say, if we win and you don't put any money in, oh, you're not getting nothing. We don't care. My point is, We know how to follow procedure. We know how to do what needs to be done when we're trying to get what we want. But all of a sudden, it comes down to the things of God, and we want God to change up his ways for us. Go tell the Powerball people that you're not going to buy a ticket, but if you win because you knew the numbers, you're going to write the numbers down. Here here we go. You know how we slick. You're going to write the numbers down on a piece of paper, 25, 36, 52, 82, 72, 99. And you write it on a piece of paper. You take it to the commission. These are my numbers. And they say, you need to go buy a ticket. No, 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 no. These are my numbers. And when it hit, I'm coming to collect. Leave it at the window. Numbers hit. You come back. You getting some money? So, 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 so why we think the Lord need to not keep his word? The Powerball man keep his word. I don't want to talk to me about that. <laughs> the Powerball man keep his word. He said, if you don't buy a ticket, you're not getting no money. And the Lord said, if the blood is not applied and you don't follow my commandments, you won't be saved. But somehow, God is loving and merciful 
and kind. But remember this. I just want to tell you this. I told you this last week. God cannot deny himself. Because if he deny himself just so he can make an excuse for you, this whole world falls apart. Because everything hangs on him. And he is the truth. He is the way. And he is the life. He cannot say... He can't he cannot make an excuse for you and what happened to all the other people. He never made an excuse for. So don't deceive yourself in thinking that God can make an exception for you and there's nothing wrong with this. I'm done. Y'all don't want to hear from me anymore. (laughs) In. In first Peter. Chapter 1, verse 18, the Bible says, For as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Hey, I remember when I was in church, I had me a nice gold diamond pinky ring. You listening up? Talk to my girl over here. Talk to my daughter that I got the 45 for. When I wasn't in church, I wasn't saved. I had me a gold pinky ring with diamonds in it. Right? Then I got my watch. You know, fancy, expensive watch. Bling, bling. Then, you ready for this? Then I got my chain with my name on it. You ready for this? You ready for this? I'm taking it. Rosalie, let me tell you how I was killing them now. They, they couldn't even touch me. This out now. I never got no gold teeth. That, 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 here's the next part, go, Rosalie. My girl, my girl had matching earrings with my name on it that matched my chain. That's what I was doing. That's how I was doing it. She had the gold earrings with my name, right? I had the gold chain with my name. Bling, bling on the hand. Bling, bling on the hand. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I had the bracelet. Yeah. So you got the watch on one hand, got the bracelet on the next hand. Can't talk to me. I get saved. Brother Bradley, I get saved. And I read these scriptures like this, and I'm like, Lord, how deceived was I? I read the scripture that says, for as much as ye know that you were not redeemed by corruptible things. I thought he was about to say, like, you know, dirt. <laughs> he says corruptible things like silver and gold. So all the bling bling that I had, he called that corruptible. Man, God, that's a punch in the gut. This is how... You know the Bible is telling you that when you don't know God, you are walking in darkness. Because your, your, your diamonds and your pearls and your gold and your silver, that's your bling bling. I mean, they cost a lot of money. You the man, you the woman when you have that. And then you go read the Bible and it says, oh, those things are corruptible. Because when you take it even further, what the Bible says is the goal, the street that we're going to walk on when we get to heaven is going to be paved with gold. So I see why he calls it corruptible, because in heaven you walk on it. You walk on it in heaven. Here in earth where we're still thinking that we got it going on. 
So if you never thought we were really deceived, as the Bible said, just think about that that I just said. We really are deceived because we we walking around here. We got it going on. Bling a bling bling. And then we're going to go to heaven and do this. My God, Lord, help us. Forgive us, Lord, please. We're ignorant. This, now you understand where God's mercy come from, where God's grace come from, because we're so ignorant. This is why when he hung on the cross and they killed him and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. People say all the time, who killed Jesus? And all I got to say to you now without giving you the answer, who killed the lamb back during the Passover time? That's all I got to say. Who killed the lamb back during Passover time? When that blood had to be applied on the door, who killed the lamb? Well, he's going to keep it true. The same people who killed the lamb back then is the same people who killed the lamb of God. We were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Jesus became the lamb of God. So we didn't have to worry about the blood of goats and lamb anymore. But Jesus Christ shed his blood one time. And that blood is so rare. That blood is so precious that that blood is good enough to cover all of us. But the big thing you got to know this morning, this afternoon, is this. If you don't obey, it's all for naught for every one of us. For those who obey, it will be for eternal life. But for those who don't obey, it will be all for naught. I close. Now understand why the blood of Jesus is so powerful to cover our sins. It is not just any kind of blood. It is the blood of the almighty God who was manifest in flesh, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. It was sinless blood. Jesus' blood is not like any other blood. It was sinless, undefiled, unmingled, and pure When we obey the plan of salvation by receiving the revelation that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God, Almighty God manifest in flesh, and then we repent of our sins, acknowledging our wrong against him and asking for his forgiveness and get baptized by immersion in water in the name of Jesus Christ, we experience the Passover if we continue until he returns. Their Passover was that they stayed in the house where the blood was applied. Our Passover is that we recognize who the Lamb of God is and obey his instructions for the plan of salvation. If you're not saved, if you've never really given your life to God, I'm not talking about saying some prayer that they tell you to say. I'm talking about Bible salvation. Bible salvation. Bible salvation is recognizing who the Lamb of God is. Bible salvation is when you recognize that Jesus Christ is Almighty God who died for you, shed his blood for you. Bible salvation says you repent of your sins, stop living how you want to, and get baptized, immersion in water in the name of Jesus Christ and not in titles. He will fill you with his spirit and you must live a holy and righteous life going forward that's bible salvation everything else that you have heard 
that you have talked about that you claim is salvation is not salvation. Show it to me in the Bible. Don't tell me what your salvation is. Show it to me in the Bible. And so while we move into this holy week and begin to recognize what had transpired over 2,000 years ago, so today we have salvation, we need to know the truth and understand the truth. According to the Jewish calendar, on the Passover day, they killed the lamb and applied his blood on the lintel and the doorpost the very same day. Many years later, Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world the very same day. The 14th day of the first month. That's when the lamb was killed for the Passover. The 14th day of the first month. Jesus Christ came and died the 14th day on the very first month. (laughs) God didn't make one mistake. All that he did was so we can come to know true salvation and understand his plan that he has for us. Behold, the Lamb of God. We should know what God has done for us and what it means to be saved. And not just doing our own thing. Stand with me. Behold the Lamb of God. Which taketh away the sin of the world. I am going to fast this week. I normally fast. My tradition that I fast during Holy Week. I normally start fasting um, Wednesday night. And I fast till after 6 o'clock Saturday. That should tell you a little something about um, what I'm saying about the, um, the time that the Lord was crucified, buried, and rose. And so um, I, I do it because I, I, I don't know. It just was something impressed in my heart. I always do it because I want to let the Lord know that I want to acknowledge and understand and just, I don't know, some kind of way live a sacrificial way to let him know Man, I understand what you did for us, and I appreciate what you did for us. And I usually start fasting Wednesday night because that's the time you go to bed. But it really is Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. The Bible says he was in the earth three days and three nights. And if you check it, if he got crucified on the, um, the um, after 12 or after 3, on on Thursday, then you can see he did three days and three nights when he rose Saturday after six o'clock because six o'clock is considered the next day. And we'll talk about that Thursday. I want you to understand that Thursday um, so you will know how the Lord calculated um, the days and the nights. And so we can go through that Thursday so you will know. Bow your heads with me. Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you today for your word, for bringing us together one more time and for allowing us, Lord God, to come to the knowledge and the understanding of who you are, what you have called us from and into. For Lord, you gave your life for us. You shed your blood for us. And today, Lord God, we're able to be saved because of what you had done for us so many years ago, Lord God. I pray today, Lord Jesus, 
that we will truly understand your purpose for our life. That we, Lord God, will live a life that is pleasing unto you. That, Lord God, we will recognize that in order to be saved, we must obey your plan of salvation. Help us today to walk out of this place with a different mindset. With not the same mindset we came in, but with a mindset, Lord God, that is focused on your goodness. Focused on, Lord God, knowing that you are specific in your instructions that you give us, Lord God. Have your way today, Lord Jesus. Constrain us in righteousness, Lord God. Lord, touch each and every person that is in this house today and that have joined us, oh God, online via live stream. Will you touch them in a special way? And will you move upon them, Lord God, to truly receive from the word of God today and to apply it into their life, Lord God. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we adore you. Jesus, we thank you today for, oh God, speaking to us and pointing us in the direction that we need to go in, Lord God. I pray that if there's somebody among us, Lord God, that has never given their life to you, that they will, Lord God, surrender today, realizing that there is no other way but the way, Lord God, that you have commanded. And I pray that you'll move on every heart, Lord God, of every individual, Lord God, that, Lord, you have called and are still calling to be saved today, that they will realize, Lord God, that it's only with your help can they be saved. It's only by your power can they be saved. It's only by them responding and obeying your word that they can be saved. And I pray today, Lord God, somebody will respond to the call of God and obey the instructions of God to live the life that you've called them to, Lord God. I pray today, Father, that the will of God be done in our hearts, in our minds, and that our life will never be the same. Help us to experience new beginning, Lord God, through the power of your spirit, Lord God, and for the work that you had done, oh God, by surrendering your life to us, to, to, to give your life for us, Lord God. We thank you today, Lord God. We praise your name today, Lord God. We bless your name, Lord God. Oh. Jesus, bless us and keep us, Lord. Let your power rest upon us, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. If you're here today and you've never given your life to the Lord and you want to give your life to the Lord, you can come forward, walk down to us, we'll pray for you. If you've never given your life to Jesus and you realize that you need to do so, you realize that in order to be saved, you must follow his instructions. If you want to give your life today to God, only with the help of God can you be saved. If you want to give your life today, you can come. I will pray for you. And we will help you on your journey to have eternal life. Is there anyone today? You can come down. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. 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 Lift your hands with me. Point your hands towards her. Father, in the name of Jesus, God is speaking to your heart. And God, she has responded in obedience to your word and to your instructions. Now, Lord, help us to guide her. Help us, Lord God, to help her 
to walk in the calling of God, to do what you have commanded. True salvation, Lord God. I pray today the strength of God will come upon you right now, that you will begin to walk in the strength of God. You will walk in obedience, which will give you strength. Lord, from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet, will you touch her, Lord God, that she will never be the same again. Ah, I command the invisible chains that have bound you for so long to fall off of you right now and to set you free. I feel chains. I see chains loosening right now. Shackles loosening right now. And that you are being let free by the power of the Spirit and the power of the name of Jesus. Today, God has come to set you free. Oh, that you will never be the same again. And that your will, His will will be done in your life. Father, from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet. From the crown of her head to the sole of her feet. From the crown of her head to the sole of her feet. Let your will be done. Ah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen. This is the beginning. You're going to need to repent of your sins. You're going to need to be baptized in Jesus' name, not in titles. In the name of Jesus Christ. When you get baptized in Jesus' name, all your sins get washed away. When your sins get washed away, the name of Jesus is now applied to your life. And now you have what we talked about today, the blood. So now you are always going to be exempt from destruction. You just have to walk in obedience and his purpose. So we need you to tell us when you are ready to get baptized and we will get you baptized. Okay? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Lord, we thank you today. Lord, we thank you today. Lord, we thank you today. Glory, hallelujah. Church, God wants to do a work in your life. But he can only do it the way that he has already spoken of. The way he has declared and proclaimed. Now we must obey him. Now we must follow after him. Now we must do what he has commanded us to do. And we will live in total liberty. It won't always be easy because the devil is always going to try to come against you. But God will fight your battle. As he's always done, he will fight your battle. Father, bless us as we go from this place today. I pray your hand will be upon us. And that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Jesus, we love you. We pray for your guidance and protection as we travel home. Let no danger or harm come to us. If there's anybody that's online today and you want to be, you want to give your life to God, you want to surrender according to the word of God, just reach out to us online and we will either come to you or get you to come to us and we'll baptize you in Jesus' name. Glory, hallelujah. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day in Jesus' name. Thank you for the Lamb, the precious Lamb of God.